Hello, builders of good. Thank you for tuning in to the Build Good Fundraising Podcast. Fundraising isn't easy, but it should be simple. So on this show, we take the mystery out of raising money. Now, on every episode, we coach you to build your fundraising like a flywheel. The flywheel has five parts. Number one is listening to donors. Number two is engaging them. Number three is asking the right people for the right things. Number four is celebrating every gift. And number five is reporting back in a responsive and real-time way. If you master the five parts of the flywheel, your flywheel will start to spin reliably. You will grow your income and your revenue, but also your career as a fundraiser. Now, every week we focus on one part of the flywheel. And today we're kind of focusing on two. We are focusing on listening and engaging. And typically when we talk about listen and engage, we're talking specifically about listening and engaging donors. But today we're going to talk about listening and engaging donors volunteers, your team, your staff members, the people that you serve, really listening to them, engaging them so that you can build a plan to move your mission forward. Now, why do we need a plan? Why do we need a strategic plan? Well, because we get so distracted and we lose focus so easily. How many of us were asked to create a TikTok strategy when TikTok first came out? And every time a new shiny tool comes out, somebody's like, we should be doing that. And it's so easy to lose focus on the things that really move our mission forward. And a strategic plan where everyone is aligned around can do that for you. So today we're chatting with Kim Burson. She's the founder of DonorSpeak Consulting. She's on a mission to help charities raise more money through strategies and by by planning donor-centered strategies that actually get executed. And she works with organizations around the globe. She's helped raise millions of dollars. And in our chat, she's going to talk about the power of strategic planning and how it can be a tool to keep your team and your leadership focused on raising more revenue and cultivating donors. So here's my chat with Kim Burson. Hi, Kim. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. I've been following you for a while. I know we, we try to have you on the pod for a while, and we both have kids and life. So I, I'm just I'm just glad that it worked out today that that you can be here. Me now, too. Strategic planning. Let me start here. I'm gonna go on record and say that I am not a fan of strategic planning, but. I think the way that I've experienced strategic planning is not what you're talking about. So I think okay, you can change me. my <laughs> I think you can change my mind. Here's here's what my experiences with strategic plans have been like. Um boring, dry, dull, sits on the shelf for years and years, nobody does anything. They actually don't contain a strategy on how we're going to be meaningfully different or positioned. It's just a list a wish list of things we want to do that we've assigned some subtasks in. Nobody ever refers back to it. We don't use it for accountability. And it's on like a five-year time horizon or something. There's like a five-year plan. Everyone's got a five-year plan kicking around somewhere. And like that doesn't strike a lot of urgency. And it's just like, well, we still have four years to do all the things we said we wanted to do. And by the way, in five years from now, who knows if the people who created it will even still be around. So they're not owning that vision. That was my little get it off my chest about strategic plans. 
Well, that sounds very familiar. And it definitely sounds like the board or the top tier leadership created that plan and kind of just gave it to everybody else to execute. But what I'm talking about is a department by department plan that outlines what the goals and the objectives are for the year, what the strategies are that will help you achieve those objectives, and what are the tactics, the list one, two, three, four, you need to do to fulfill those strategies. And all of those can roll up into a big, lofty strategic plan that leadership looks at and is excited about, you know, high level, 50,000 foot uh, view. But ultimately, it gives a roadmap for every department and how they fit into the puzzle of the organization. You know, if the big goal is to raise a million dollars, then how is this department working towards raising that money or processing that money or taking care of the donors? But everyone needs to see where they are in that process. And it also... Not only does it keep people accountable because then you can put it on a calendar and figure out when things need to be done, but it also makes sure that the leadership that, you know, there are visionary leaders, there are people that um, are focused on execution, and we need all those types of people. But sometimes the visionary leaders want to do the next big thing, but it keeps them accountable too, because if everyone's buying into that strategic plan, then you can say, you know, here's our strategic plan. That project is going to take a lot of effort and it's going to take away from what we've already defined. It doesn't fulfill the objectives. So this needs to be parked until next year and we can do a discovery then. And this has been something that I have been successful doing with leadership when I was in nonprofit, when I was in the trenches, definitely those visionary leaders are probably why the organization began and there is a really important place for them. Um, but sometimes you just got to wade through all of the the new ideas to see really what will fulfill your objective. Yeah. All right. So this, <laughs> this might end up being part therapy because I, <laughs> I'm the dude that sometimes goes to the team and I'm like, we, yeah, we need to do this. Right. Oh, <laughs> Sure. Uh, I am too. I, I, I wouldn't call myself a visionary, but I like, um, trying new things when it makes sense, when the effort makes sense against the impact, when, you know, there is a real opportunity on the table, but you mentioned TikTok, right? It's not that people can't raise money on TikTok. You can, but the effort that you put into it is going to be not proportional to what you're going to get out of it all of the production and the creative and the ideation that goes into that, it's going to take at least a full-time position, maybe more, depending on the skill sets. And then you're probably not going to raise the money you think you're going to raise or get the awareness and attention you're going to get. So that's something that, you know, for some brands is perfect, especially for local community brands, things with animals where you can really see where you're trying to get fosters or try to get adoptions that works beautifully for them. And it makes sense, but for, you know, an established nonprofit, probably not. Right. You've you've mentioned effort versus impact. I have a feeling we're heading toward an Eisenhower matrix, but we'll, (laughs) we'll, we'll get there. Uh, first let's start here. Um, if, if I'm working at a shop and uh, everything you're saying so far tracks with me. So let's start with the business case for having a strategic plan in place. 
does it really make a meaningful difference in raising more rep more revenue and keeping the team focused and aligned Yes. So I think you even said it in the beginning. So I'm just going to use your words against you that uh, we get so busy. You know, it's like the tyranny of the urgent or the day to day tasks that just get you derailed. And you might have a great intention and great idea to, let's say, scale your digital program. You're going to test into three different new um, initiatives or efforts or channels. Um, that takes a lot of work, right? It takes discovery, it takes setting up the tests and all the data, the reporting, you need a certain amount of time to get all of that data in, to run the campaign. Um, all of that, you know, takes a certain amount of effort that you have to put in. Um, but then sometimes you don't get to that, right? You know, like what if something happens in your nonprofit and you have to switch, you know, what you're doing? You have to do this campaign really quickly. Oh, this happened, and you know the founder wants to do this, or the your leader wants to do this. This really keeps you um, focused, and it it makes sure that you are accountable to what you said you were going to do. Not to say that there isn't wiggle room in your strategic plan. There are going to be things that um, come, no matter what, that you have to be flexible with, adaptable. You know, when COVID happened, that's like the perfect example. People that did face-to-face, -face, had to switch and take their budget and put it into TV or whatever, or digital. So we're flexible and there's understanding when something can't get done for whatever reason, but it really does keep people accountable, both leadership and those that are implementing and executing the campaigns. Yeah. When I've been part of teams, I've always, could be personality thing, but generally speaking, I just wanted to know like where are we going? Where's this thing going? Is somebody in charge? Does somebody know where we're going? Yeah. And like, tell me where that thing is. And then tell me what my role is on the team. Like, be really clear with me about what, what my job is. Everyone's got a yeah. job to do. What is my job? What is my mission on this larger mission? What is my specific part of the mission? Yeah. And so done it sounds right, like a strategic plan can help you do that. Yes. Done right. If it is a... um. A, a realistic plan, a strategic plan helps with communication in your nonprofit, which probably every nonprofit, if you polled, you know, what could be improved is likely communication, right? And people want to know what's going on, just exactly what you said, what's going on, where are we going? How do I fit in? And this, if it's built from the ground up and it, everyone is involved in creating this plan and looking at it against capacity, what resources you have internally and externally. This is something that can align everyone, you know, whether you're in finance or fundraising. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes those two departments don't know what the other one's doing, or, you know, maybe IT and fundraising. Fundraising has all these ideas, but IT is kind of going you know, doing their projects. So this also aligns to make sure that everyone has capacity when it's cross-functional team building. So, you know, everyone can see how they fit in, what their role is, and it helps them to even know, you know, what their personal and professional objectives are. Not just, okay, I'm responsible for this, you know, number of dollars, these new donors, these reactivations and renewals, but instead it, you know, 
it gives them personal goals to work towards. Okay, I'm going to manage this project or I'm going to contribute to this working group and brainstorm, you know, and it, it allows them to create their own professional goals. Yeah. At the very beginning, you mentioned that every department kind of has their own plan within the larger plan. Yeah. Can you walk me through that a little bit? Does that mean yeah. that if I'm in fundraising, so there might be like a fundraising plan and it might be very specific to just our department, it is tied to a larger goal of the organization? Mm -hmm. Yes. So it would all, you know, come, it would all align to the larger plan, you know, for programming, for the revenue that you need to make to ensure that your programming is taken care of. But every department has a piece of that. You know, some of it is, you know, IT needs to be able to build XYZ or, you know, maintain the website to do XYZ. And it's more, it's not as clear cut and tied to revenue, but it's the foundation where the fundraisers can then raise the revenue. So each department would build their objectives, their strategies, their tactics, and they would share with each department so that everyone knew what was coming up in that year. And then if there were any objectives to say, you know what, that's a great idea, but you know, you're going to need my help or my department's help. And I don't think we have the capacity for that. Or, you know what, that is really important. I didn't realize that. Let me take some of these things out of my strategic plan and put yours in so that we can support that. And I think it builds camaraderie. You know, you see how you're, you're contributing even to another department's success. And so sometimes departments, they're at odds, you know, the typical things of marketing versus fundraising, if they're, mm -hmm. you know, separate or finance versus fundraising or whatever it is, departments, they, they can work in silos, they can be at odds, but this really aligns them and you see them as partners, you know, mm -hmm. because you, you have a shared goal, you have a shared project and they're also not surprised. So when something comes up in Q2, you know, they're not surprised that it's coming and that doesn't start your project off on a bad foot. Right. Okay. So I'm, I'm in, sounds like we need a strategic plan. Sounds like a strategic plan will give our team members a lot of clarity, which will improve just retention. It'll improve culture. It'll improve communication. It'll give us focus, which means that we're all working on the things that we're supposed to be working on and we're not wasting time asking what are we supposed to be working on where are we going why does this matter and just wasting a lot of times in meetings trying to find that clarity so which means if we're all working on the thing we're supposed to be working on we're all going to be moving more so in unity which means we're going to raise more money there's no doubt about it if we're more focused and we're getting uh, the work done, we're doing it at a higher capacity, and we're doing it in a way that is aligned across the entire organization. There's no way that doesn't result in positive growth. So I'm in. We need a strategic <laughs> plan. If I'm working in-house for a charity, and I'm like, this sounds great. Let's go. Let's do it. Walk me through, where do we start? How, how do we even start to do this? Sounds like we need to get yeah. a lot of people on board, and people are complicated. Yeah, people are complicated. Um, and even just taking a step back to this is probably going to be most impactful to the nonprofit professional that's treading water, that's facing burnout. And when you're facing burnout and when you're really busy, 
this is probably one of the last things you want to do because you have to completely take yourself out of the day-to-day. You have to probably go off-site, have time to think, you know, not even time to do and plan, but just time to think about, you know, what, sh- where should we be going? But that's really hard when you have everything on your plate, when you're wearing multiple hats, yeah. where you're busy. But ultimately, this is probably going to be the most life-changing for those individuals. And, you know, I know that strategic planning is not like the most fun thing to talk about, but it ultimately could make a nonprofit professional's day-to-day life so much better. And I saw that firsthand going from no plan to planning. But like you said, it takes a lot of people and it needs buy-in. So I think the first step is to kind of create a plan on how to plan. And that involves HR, that involves um, leadership, and everybody needs to get on the same page that departments are going to go through a process together where everyone's going to be trained, everyone's going to know what's coming up, and be able to ideate and brainstorm their plan. But ultimately, that also depends on leadership being able to define what their what the objectives of the organization are for the next year. What's the programming going to be like? Are there new programs that you're going to be funding? You know, do you need to raise X more for this or that? Do we need new donors to fill the pipeline? And so they need to be able to express and look on a high level, what do we need to achieve? And then everyone takes those items and works it into their plan somehow. Every objective is pointing to that higher level goal and every strategy is fulfilling one of your department objectives. So yes, it does take months, honestly, months of meetings of uh, getting together with your team, making sure that everyone has a voice, everyone speaks into the plan because someone who's executing the plan has way more understanding of the capacity that something might take versus a strategic leader. And a strategic leader is much more likely to say yes to something because they don't understand the capacity. And then you're kind of facing burnout again with your team. And so being able to come together and doing and building it together, brainstorming it, you know, documenting it, that will create buy-in from every level, from every individual And again, just make you feel, I think it really does improve morale, you know, to know what everyone's doing and and to understand, you know, what's the future? Yeah. So a strategic leader might go to AFP Icon or like a different conference and come back and they're like, everyone's talking legacy giving. It's the next big thing. Millions of unlocked revenue in legacy giving. Let's do it. Let's boot up the legacy giving. What are we doing for legacy giving? Yeah. And the team might say, Last year you came back and it was all about monthly giving and and we're still building the monthly giving program, which right. by the way is pipeline for legacy later. So like yes. this comes first yeah. and we're still working on this, right? So so it's it's uh, a strategic plan might might just be as much about what are we going to say yes to than what are we going to say no to. Absolutely. There are many a times where someone brought a new opportunity, maybe a salesperson got in their inbox and, you know, piqued their interest. Maybe 
a board member was connected to so-and-so who has this kind of technology. I mean, there's a million different ways, a million different technologies, and that's all important. It's important to look at the opportunities that are ahead of you because you might be planning on doing something, but this tool could actually make it easier. You know, actually we can get to that objective faster, but it also can really derail you and make you unable to actually fulfill your plan. So there's been many times where I say, um, that's a great idea. I could definitely see it going this way. We don't have the capacity right now because right now we're building that monthly giving you know, program. We want to make sure that if when we turn this on, the donors are going to go through this specific journey. We want to make sure it's all buttoned up before we you know, bring all the donors on in that way. And being able to say that And that's our main objective this year because we're trying to raise X amount of money through sustainable ways. If you're able to really point it to strategy, a visionary or someone who is an ideator can kind of understand that. But you're also not saying no. I mean, sometimes you say no, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not no. Sometimes it's, this is a great idea, but we don't have capacity right now. Let's consider this at this point you know, let's, we'll, we'll look into it, see what it would take and then get back to you on when this would be able to get into the plan. Yeah. Just have a big parking lot of ideas on the wall, put it on the sticky, put it in the parking lot. Yeah. And honestly, that visionary won't remember it, (laughs) (laughs) you know, unless it's probably connected to a board member, but (laughs) yeah, you are looking into my soul right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but the thing is, we need you. You know, we need the visionaries, we need the the strategic leaders, we need the implementers, and we need the people that execute. We need every person, every type of person, to to move the needle in the organization. But just like we need the visionaries to see the future and see where we could go, to see you know what we could do next, we need those that execute and implement to be able to say yes, but you know, or no, this is going to be so much effort for such little impact. We've done our research here. This is what it means. This isn't a viable option, yeah. but we, we need yeah. that balance. So you've mentioned we, we kind of need to have a plan to plan because the actual strategic planning process might take months and it involves a lot of people. I want to quickly talk about getting buy-in internally. You're a direct response copywriter. I'm a direct response copywriter. I know how I approach these things. I approach it just like an appeal. I'm like, okay, what is the pain point? What are the What's in negative, it for them? negative consequences of not acting on it? What's yeah. in it for them? The benefit? What's our like desired future state? I can paint a picture of where we might be after we do this. Mm-hmm. Um, help us understand like if if leadership isn't quite. I don't know if even I I I don't mean to sound like leadership doesn't get it. I just mean like if if they're yeah. just. It isn't their priority at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also treading water. How do we go to somebody and just be like, hey, I think we should do this. I think it'll be well worth our time. Yeah. So you said it. You need to think of all the reasons, you know, what it will fix, how it will help, you know, everyone, every individual where they can clearly see what's in it for them and be able to, you know, show the progression. So the first year it might take there might be some pain points, right? Going through the process. The second year will be a lot easier for people to kind of step back and think in those modes, those more strategic modes versus the day-to-day. And then the third year, it's like, 
it's, it's just normal process. Um, so I think kind of explaining, you know, how it will go year over year and what it will mean, but also, you know, talking about communication and the communication issues that are within the organization, what kind of things will it solve? You know, will it solve having less surprises, you know, between departments, having less conflict between departments, you know, ensuring that everyone feels connected to the mission and feels like they have a part to play in the mission because someone that is, you know, in finance may not feel as warm and fuzzy about the mission and how they're personally con- contributing to it as maybe someone in a donor care or donor services where they're talking to the donors and the donors are expressing, you know, what it means to them and they understand day to day, you know, the relationship between the donor, the staff, the recipient, you know, all, all people. So I think it does, you know, bring people into more of a mission-minded mindset. And, you know, ultimately, I think everyone then knows where they're going and they, they understand what their professional goals are and they understand how they can grow. This also is really great for HR in helping people have professional growth because you can identify the projects that maybe maybe you're a director at an organization and maybe you would typically, you know, if someone came up and said, we need to do this, you would lead it. But if you can prepare maybe your manager, a manager, you know, that you support, maybe they could lead it, you know, or maybe there's another individual on your team that isn't at the director level yet, isn't in leadership, but they have, you know, the opportunity to kind of take on the project, do all of, you know, the planning and the leading of it with your support. And so when things are a little bit more thought out, you can find ways to give your teammates opportunities that they might not have had. Yeah. Okay. So we made the plan, the plan. We could, we, we got the internal buy-in. We're here, we're doing it. How do we, <laughs> how do we start strategic planning? What, what, what comes next? Okay. So we talked about how leadership needs to define the, the large goal. It's, you know, how much money do we need to raise when we're talking the fundraising side, not the programming side. So how much money do we need to raise? How many new donors do we need to bring in now so that next year we'll be able to be stable and the year after and the year after? You know, how many donors do we need to ensure we renew and reactivate this year again to ensure stability? How many new monthly givers do we need? You know, all of the KPIs that will ultimately lead to that huge revenue number. Then everyone takes those and individual teams start brainstorming how they're going to contribute to it. So let's take, for example, digital. So everybody, you know, that's the most fun, in my opinion. So a digital team says, okay, we need to raise $1 million in digital. How are we going to do this? Everyone starts brainstorming. And of course, you put what you're already doing there. If it's, if it involves, you know, work that you're continually doing, that gets put into the plan because that's part of your capacity. And then you think about, okay, what's, what projects will bring in the biggest bang for your buck? You know, so what should I, what should I invest in? You know, I have this budget that I get to work within. We have these partners or we have these tools. What should we invest in to make sure that we get money back? And so maybe it's, you know, let's, invest in connected TV. 
You know, let's build a journey with connected TV that follows you online and you have all these touch points. Let's bring them into the fold and create that whole journey from awareness to consideration to, you know, conversion. Maybe that's going to be something that you test. That involves a lot. <laughs> that involves, you know, not only the creative and the production value, it involves those people that actually do the technical work in setting up the journey, the reporting. I mean, it's it's a big process to start something like that. And so maybe that's put into your plan and then you can dissect that into, you know, maybe the strategy is test connected TV as a viable fundraising channel. And then all the tasks are, okay, we need to find our the right partner or the right resource to be able to implement, you know, the media buying. Then we need to, you know, work on the creative, work on the video. We need, you know, the storyboards and we're going to work with these critical partners. And, you know, we're going to make sure that when donors come in, they're going to get more video in their welcome stream than they normally would have. You know, it's all the little things and all the steps that you need to do to fulfill that one strategy. And, you know, someone looking at a 50,000 foot view may not understand all of those steps that go into one test. And this allows them to see a little bit more clearly what work goes into that. And I think that that also makes, helps people feel seen and appreciated and valued that they do a lot of work to accomplish one test, one thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing more demoralizing <laughs> than getting a call from like, Hey, like so-and-so's board boards, like friend saw this ad and they didn't like it. And yeah. they called the ED and the ED is like, you know, what are we doing with our ads? And you're like, do you have any idea how much work we put into and this is part of the largest strategy. And they saw one ad they didn't like. And like, the, <laughs> there's nothing yeah. more demoralizing than putting in all that work. And then and then somebody who isn't even a donor or whatever. just Especially you know. when it's working. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's often hard. Well, harder for... I'm going to be careful. It sounds like I'm just ragging on leadership. I don't mean it that way at all. It's just sometimes, sometimes yeah. like the board and the leadership is like not, not really in the day to day and, and don't see some of that. Right. And they're like, and you're like, yeah, but it's getting of like, it's getting like a three to one or a four to one return. And truthfully, if you had a machine in your house where if you put a dollar in four came out, you'd be doing that all day long, no matter yeah. what, what the process or the creative look. Well, like you just do that. That makes sense. Right. Exactly. Um, and on the flip side, we're not ragging on leadership. You know, sometimes the people that implement and the people that execute are more rigid. They don't want to do something new because they know what that means. They know how much work goes into it. And that's valid too, right? And that's why you need the visionary. And that's why you need the implementer. And that's why you need them together and both bought into a strategic plan because that balances those skills. Yeah. You know, someone who is really great at knowing, you know, all the pre-checklist things that they need to do, all the setup, you're setting up a call center with a script, you know, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're setting up a landing page, all of the things that need to be programmed and designed, they know all of that and they can be able to express that both in writing and in brainstorming when a leader's there. So that, you know, 
that definitely helps bridge those two, you know, sides of the coin and helps them have appreciation for each other. Yeah. You mentioned in your example, just an example, try and connect the TV. So that might be one of the things that might be new that you might want to try. You've mentioned a few times now, effort versus impact. Mm -hmm. um, so walk me through that framework and how you might evaluate in your planning the effort versus impact. Yes. Yeah, so it all comes down to discovery. You know, with something like connected TV, if you have a very visual brand, you know, I think of organizations like Operation Smile or something like that, where the brand is very visual, you can see the need, you want to help, you know, showing it is better than telling it. Some people may not even know what a cleft condition is, but showing a cleft condition, you immediately know, okay, something, something needs to be done, right? So Operation Smiles on TV all the time. And if they were wanted to do something like CTV, connected TV, that would make sense with their brand, right? Because that has potential, again, to create a first touch that's emotional. And a first touch that brings someone emotion is going to be so much more effective than something that's just kind of, you know, telling versus seeing. So, you know, does it make sense with the brand? What goes into it? Do the research of, okay, what are the steps that need to happen? What can we expect as far as budget? Do we have that budget? Can we make the case for the budget? And also, what are typical industry results? Okay, if these are typical industry results and this is the response rate and this is the average gift and you know, do all the math, say this has the potential to raise X dollars. This has the potential to bring in this many donors. Will it? We don't know. We need to test into it, but here's the potential. And for the level of effort, we would need to set it up this makes sense. This makes sense financially. It makes sense with the, the resources we have, or, you know, we will need another resource. We need an outside, you know, resource to help us implement this campaign. We need an outside resource to film, you know, and create this video and this storyline. You kind of understand now everything that needs to go into it and whether or not it's going to be worth it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's the part that that the teams I've been on, we've struggled with the most. Yeah. Which is some of it, the potential impact is big. Mm -hmm. Effort may be medium, but investment, even though investment of money and time is like medium, it feels like a big risk. Yeah. Um, if, if you've never, well, let's take uh, let's take Facebook ads, for example. If you've never run Facebook ads before, you can test your way into it with 50 bucks per day. If you've never done connected TV before, you test your way into it by thousands of dollars. Yeah, that's better than um, TV, though. It's better and, than and uh, tens of thousands like, of dollars. Traditional direct TV, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, if you've never done yeah. DRTV, okay, now you test your way into it with like tens of thousands of dollars. Right. And it's it's anything that is new, unproven, we haven't done it, feels like a risk. Right. And I do think that we should be tying up risk capital in the budget. Like we should mm -hmm. be like five to 10% is things we're not sure if they're going to work. Absolutely. Um, rarely is that the case. Even with nonprofits that say, oh, we're very innovative. It's like, okay, show me, <laughs> show me your calendar and to see how you're spending your time and your budget to see if you're, if you're 
spending money on innovation. And very, I mean, oftentimes that's just not the case, right? What do you say to people who are like, yeah, I know the strategic planning, it's just going to be more of the same. Um, Mm. More of the same because they don't have the capital to be able to invest or they don't think they're going to, or it just feels too risky. Yeah, willingness to invest the capital. It's not that the capital isn't there. Capital is always there because if you're saying yes to this, you might say no to something else, but you have that you have that choice, right? Yeah, that's right. So I think this really comes down to your culture at your organization. There are I've been under two types of leadership. One that was toxic and could totally, you know, hold you personally accountable if something fails. And one where they say, of course, we're going to ha- we're going to fail. You know, there are going to be times where just something doesn't work. But if we don't keep trying, then we're not going to find the things that do work. If you're in that second half, then this is not really a conversation, right? Because depending on what size of organization you are, you know what kind of risk you know, is tolerated at your organization. And you also know how to mitigate that risk, you know, and how to do testing, make sure everything is measured so that you can see if it truly is a success or not. Now, if you're in the place where risk is not tolerated, that definitely makes a harder case. But that's where you need to be very honest and transparent about the two roads we could go down. So we can go down this road, and this is the potential that it could be. However, this may not work for us. We'll invest this amount of money. And if we don't see a return or we don't see promise, then we'll cut back. If we see promise and we think that we can optimize, we'll come back to you with a plan of how to optimize this and what we think it will it will produce. But you need to be super honest and transparent that this may not work. And if it doesn't work, this tells us these are will be the learnings. We'll learn that this is not something, you know, we can test into right now. You know, we know that, you know, we should probably invest our money in a different type of, you know, communication or advertisement, you know, ensuring that there are going to be learnings, ensuring that um, failure can mean success in some way, you know, whether that's just down to learnings and just being honest about, you know, the different results. I think that's your best option for getting buy-in for risk. Yeah. So so I think we use too much military language in fundraising. Like we say like target audience or like your marketing is your like, you know, there's like ground and there's like air cover and like, so yeah. I, I'm, kill files. I'm, yeah. Like kill files. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't love that. However, part of the reason I think is because the military has invested so much money in R&D that we've like, you could definitely learn from, from them. And one of the things that I've always been one of the key things I've sort of taken away from that is like what they call a tabletop exercise, which is basically just like they scenario plan. Doesn't mean this is going to be the strategic plan, but they just pick like in this situation, here's three different ways it could go. And let's do a tabletop exercise and run through every scenario. What are the natural consequences? What is going to happen? How much? And you could do that in strategic planning. You could be like, yeah, connect the TV or DRTV seems very expensive. Let's just do, let's just scenario plan. We spend this much with these industry standards that we know about. What can we expect? Let's just right. build three different budgets for how this yeah. might go. Um, and that might lower our resistance. Yeah, resistance to risk or whatever, because mm-hmm. you can't be afraid of something that you can 
where you can see the outcome. The outcome might not be what you want, but the moment you kind of see what the possibilities are, you might get a little bit more confident. And yeah, I, uh, I think we can shoot for scenario one. And if scenario two happens, we're, we'll still call it a win. Yeah. And I think that shows um, your leadership that you are thinking strategically and that you're doing the work. So you're not just saying, you know, let's just try this willy nilly. You're really thinking about the risk and you're thinking about what the potential outcomes are. You're, you're doing your research, you're bringing, you know, industry uh, benchmarks to the table. That speaks a lot about you and it speaks a lot about your potential, you know, going forward, leading more, having a wider scope, all of those things. And so I think it's a really healthy exercise for a professional anyway, because it brings them to a different level and a different skill set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Kim, uh, if somebody wants to begin having more serious conversations about strategic <laughs> planning or they want to know more, where can they find you? They can find me on LinkedIn. I'm under Kim Burson. I think it's, you know, slash Kim Burson, certainly. And my email is Kim at donorspeakconsulting.com. So definitely they can reach out and we can point them in the right direction and help them, you know, create a plan that's realistic and achievable. Perfect. Well, thanks. Thanks again for coming on the show. And thanks uh, for having me. Yeah. Maybe we'll have you back in a year or so and I'll tell you how our strategic planning. Perfect. I've made you a convert. That's right. (laughs) Strategic planning. My job here is done. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's all for today. Thank you for tuning in to the Build Good Fundraising Podcast. Here is my short action plan for you today. As I was talking to Kim, one of the things that really struck out to me was this the pre-planning phase, making a plan to plan. That might not sound sexy, but it might be like the most important thing that you can do to make strategic planning a success, which is making this plan on how to get buy-in from everyone, how to get alignment. And so maybe after listening to this podcast, maybe you can just take out a, a Word doc or a Google doc or even just a pad of paper and a pen. And just if you don't have a strategic plan, or you have one, but you don't know where it is, or you have one, but nobody ever uses it, whatever. Just write down, how might I be able, if I'm not the leader, How and if I am the leader, this still applies. It's still a helpful exercise. How might I be able to get buy-in around this? So let's just define, like, what do we want? Do we want more alignment? Do we want more focus? We don't want to be distracted all the time when new shiny objects show up. We want to feel like we're moving in unity and in unison we want to feel like we're all on a very clear mission maybe that's what you want what are the consequences of not achieving that and that might be like well we might not raise as much revenue we might lose more staff we might have lower morale we might have people confused and then well what if we change that what could the world look like <laughs> what would that help us achieve and what is this desired future state and what are the roadblocks in our way right now that are not allowing us to get there. After you've defined all of that, you can take that to leadership and be like, I've done an honest assessment of our situation. I think here's where we're at. And I think the way to solve this is by getting really clear about where we're going as an org and what all of our jobs is. What are like what what do you do? What do I do? What does my department do? What does your department do? What what is like a clear mission and vision, not in terms of the org, but in terms of like where we're going as an org that we can all rally around. That might be a helpful first step. If you want to get notified about future podcasts, and if you want to get stuff like this in your inbox, you can just go to buildgood.com, type in your email address. We'll be 
we'll be sure to update you. If you're listening to this, you're my kind of people. I'm your kind of people. Thanks for the work you do. I'm your host, Mike Dirksen, cheering you on as you build good in the world. 